welcome back to a very special episode of Dirty Harry Minute. I'm one of your hosts, John, and we've come to the end, as you know, of our podcast. We've exhausted every minute of that wonderful movie, Dirty Harry, but today we're going to look back at a movie that preceded, by a few months at least, Dirty Harry. It's called The Zodiac 1971. Um, I'm joined with, you may remember, old guest Abel Martin. How are you, Abel? How's it going, Jonathan? All the way from Spain, just to put a little bit of um, <laughs> an insight into this interesting movie. Thank you for being uh, gracious enough to call it interesting. Um, we're going to do an audio commentary in a few minutes, and then we will judge whether it was interesting or not. But thanks for coming, Abel. We have your wonderful wife and massage uh, enthusiast. We have Kerry. How are you, Kerry? Hi there, my name is Kerry and I'm an experienced, qualified massage therapist. Just to tell anybody out there that might want to massage from overseas or globally, I guess. Where are you located? Where do you do most of your... Western Victoria. Western Victoria. Should I say the suburb or will that... uh, Yeah, give it away. It's called Ararat, mate. Ararat. Are there any serial killers out that way? Probably heaps of them, but fortunately, we haven't met them yet. <laughs> well, many thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, Abel, are, are there many, are there a lot of famous unsolved, you know, serial killings in Spain that have gone unsolved that captured the, the public imagination like the Zodiac used to? Yeah, apart from the ones that uh, General Franco caused. Mm, sort of yeah. a, in a political fashion. Um, yeah, look, there's been um, there was the Alcácer crimes. Alcácer is a town next to Valencia on the eastern seaboard, and uh, that uh, remained unsolved for at least twenty years till they caught the killer that killed three young ladies, and that was one of the most recent and gruesome ones. Did they find that murder through DNA? Because that's how all these ones seem to be solved now. Yep, that um, Mm. was in the 90s, so that technology was still a bit primeval, but uh, eventually they caught up with him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I second that too, yeah. (laughs) Kerry, you're such an enabler. Um, Did you like this movie we watched, The Zodiac Killer? It was really, really interesting. It was riveting. Do you know the background of this movie? Yes. um, The intention was to create a narcissistic impetus. God, I speak well. That's fantastic. (laughs) Narcissistic impetus in the killer to actually uh, come to the premiere, but apparently he actually couldn't sit through the film. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He may or may not have attended. And, uh, yeah, the director, Abel, was this guy called Tom Hansen who owned a chain of fast food restaurants. Well, who knows if that was a cover-up for uh, some um, sinister business. Very convenient. uh, Along the lines of the movie that we are going to watch tonight. What do you think about that, Kesa? I think that uh, people needed to eat a lot of pizza and food and stuff to get through the film. (laughs) We've just had some. Shout out to Crown uh, Pizza and Ribs in Reservoir, Melbourne. He owned a few... Restaurants or a chain of them called Pizza Man. What a fucking what a cool name for a pizza chain restaurant. We don't get good names like that here, do we? Awesome. Pizza Man and also KFC. Um, Kentucky Fried Crap. 
Anyway, Tom Hansen was his name, and he was apparently... A lot of this information, just look on, on the internet, but also on the commentary of the DVD, he was obsessed with solving the Zodiac Killer case, who at the time was still running around terrorising the Bay Area. And nothing's changed. People are still obsessed with true crime, Abel. Why do you think that is? It's very fashionable. I mean, it's on the top of all these podcasts, anyway. Um, somehow in this uh, very sort of um, technologically overloaded existence that we are leading these days, people find these gruesome sort of stories, like the spice of life that keeps them engaged with um, society and keeps them um, sort of um, alert to what could happen to them. So it's kind of a reminder of, oh, how safe I am and hopefully this never happens to me. So they they, they find some sort of a strange pleasure in uh, knowing that someone so sinister and diabolic could be lurking out there. What about you, Kerry? Why do you think killers... I mean, generally, we've never been so safe. Serial killings, apparently, the statistics are down, you know? Yeah. Why are people still so enthralled? I think it... I mean, yeah, it does take a lot of intelligence to mastermind a plot to murder someone for no reason, you know, that's really intelligent and, um, you know, cover up the evidence and do it for 20 years or so and, and get away with it. I think, yeah, no wonder we watch. I think those people are super intelligent, yeah. For example, that famous BTK killer from the US. Yeah, tell me about him. He he gave up killing, is that right? And then he became a ticket enforcer or something? Correct. Right? And then uh, his uh, dead giveaway was a floppy disk because he said, can I be traced back with a floppy disk? And the police said, obviously, no, you can't. So eventually he sent a floppy disk and they caught up with him because of that. That's how intelligent a serial killer is. They're super, super intelligent. <laughs> You're really pushing that barrel, aren't you, Kerry? Um, yes. Yes. Apparently, yeah, in Germany, Germany still uses fax machines a lot. And apparently the CIA too, because it's actually in today's technology still relatively unpenetrable. Like it's, you can't intercept a fax transmission off the telephone wires. So I thought the VTA killer would have been onto something using antiquated technology like a floppy disk. What about NBN? Does that interrupt a fax? <laughs> but, but going back to that floppy disk, it was a challenge for him um, sort of... He was challenging the police officers by defying them and saying, oh, I'm going to send you a floppy disk and you won't be able to trace me back. But he was so stupid to believe that he couldn't be traced back. Yeah, a real challenge. Yeah. I'm just scanning you for innuendo, floppy disk and a killer. Is there some some tenuous phallic? (laughs) Apparently you want to insert your floppy drive and hope you don't end up with a virus. (laughs) Well, apparently reading the Zodiac Killer... Uh, guys was maybe he captured the public imagination because he had the whole symbolism thing going on people like the idea that there's a plan behind a murder and he was sending these cryptograms that had to be solved and these puzzles and it seemed like there was a through line he all the all the murders were apparently connected by being near bodies of water he was just a killer like there was no ugly sexual rape or there's no sexual connotation apparently for his murders so it was safe to sort of be really appealed, uh, really fascinated by who this guy is. So it's because it's hard to make violence entertaining normally, don't you think, Abel? I think uh, in their sick minds, these serial killers think by possibly having all these puzzles and 
um, combinations of letters and things um, trying to conceal the murders, they make it more interesting than it is in reality. But it's not interesting, it's something terrible, it's a scorch of society. So really, what they are trying to do is rather silly, I would say. But obviously it is silly and abhorrent, but they are right at certain Certain behaviour gets the public imagination attracted, doesn't it? Sociopaths are, like, deluded. So they think it's really cool to add a puzzle um, to the murder as well because it makes it super exciting, apparently, and we're trying to find out what the letters stand for. Mm. But um, <clears throat> I, I guess they are thrilled by the fact that they can, you know, uh, keep the police chasing them and making it hard for them to find them and that's the whole thrill of the sickening crusade btk stands for bloody terribly cuckoo <laughs> that's really what it stood for i'm sure that was on the the psychological diagnosis diagnostic toolkit what's it called the bloomin terribly kinky <laughs> bloomin terribly crazy with a k because he can't spell the real one was bind torture kill mm and, yeah, he really fit the profile of someone like that. He had glasses. He had a beard. He was a bit overweight. He was about 50. You're talking about me? Oh, 50, good. His Not name bad. was Jonathan. I mean, um, sorry. His <laughs> oh, name was this- Eric or something like that. It was really strange. Um, yeah, and uh, his daughter. His daughter eventually found out that her own father was a serial killer, so I think it probably affected them more than it did him, really. I've been listening to the Monster Podcast, and they they talk about a few serial killers in America's history, including the Zodiac, a nice five-part series, and they came up with four or five main reasons why people are obsessed with true crime. The first one, number one, they said a lot of... A significant amount of people get perverse pleasure in imagining themselves as the victims. I hope that's a small subcategory of the public that find it fascinating to... Was it sadomasochistically imagine themselves how they'd react if they were kidnapped? That sounds more like (laughs) uh, people aspiring to be serial killers rather than people that like watching the show. (laughs) I think it might be a fine line between pleasure and pain. A bit disturbing to hear that, Jonathan, but hopefully that's only like a 1%. Let's hope. Not the 1% that owned the world, though, right? Not the... That's right. (laughs) Number two was obviously the pathological morbidity of like, I wonder what... I wonder if I could... Could I, could I do that? Could I do what that guy does? Sounds riveting. Number three was just a common nostalgic idea. It was like modern murder in, a, the, in, in the West, in the rich West anyway, the idea of being the victim of a serial killer is so out of the ordinary now, it may as well be fictional. Like compared now with DNA evidence and profiling and stuff, serial killers don't exist or seem they you know they're not really allowed to be serial killers because they they're caught after maybe two or three murders and that generally things are getting safer and safer so it's a bit of no one really feels threatened in the west and so it's sort of just pure entertainment yeah i think it comes down to gossiping as well right like getting information about what others are doing and how terrible things are for the neighbor and not for myself so that could be one of the reasons people watch it. Oh, how lucky I am. I will never be the victim of such thing. And this poor person, you know, it's that superiority feeling. Yeah. I think what people find interesting is how 
This is getting very serious, isn't it? Should really be a comedy, but anyway, <laughs> I think people are really fascinated by how deluded mm. sociopaths and psychopaths are. That's my view. Isn't they try to be normal and fit mm. in, and then go and murder people? And I'm just, I think I'm more fascinated by how deluded these people are. Well, they're narcissistic, right? They, they don't feel they their own pain and their own comfort they feel, but they're sort of emotionally dead to to other people. And they can mani- manipulate people seems to be the through line. Yes, that's correct. They yeah. lack empathy and they use emotions to manipulate. They actually mm-hmm. don't possess any, allegedly. Allegedly. I think they do. I think sociopaths in particular are very, very angry people. They have a lot of pent-up anger and it is then turned back on other people. I hope this movie might help us shed oh, light on Oh, the that. Zodiac. It's absolutely fantastic viewing and... Um, yeah, it gives major insight, I think, into how serious you should take serial killers and murderers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the all-rounder of the serial killer movies. Number four was, for a small subset of people, the hero ship that will come from solving these cases. You know, obtaining justice for the victims or some sense of closure is a human nature that we just want, satis- you know, endings bring psychological satisfaction. And then we've never found out what happened to the Zodiac or... We never even had it confirmed if it was one man connected to these five or six killings. I'd just probably prefer it to never happen at all. That would be my sense of justice. But I do know what you say about um, solving the murders. But I think if we, um, I don't know, use CCTV more closely or something, or perhaps sometimes we took some safety precautions, there's a better justice in that rather than getting murdered. But I don't know. You agree with that, Abel? Yeah. Um, people want to. Can feel we get like it on record? You don't endorse serial killings. Thank you. Definitely don't endorse that. But um, all I'm saying is people want to feel like a famous detective. That's mm-hmm. why maybe they watch all this. Shows. Yeah, he is. And I can vouch for that. He's put the knife down when I told him to. And he put the women's clothes back. So, um, <laughs> and yeah. And I, I vowed not to do it again. So, yeah. <laughs> And he put the dog's innards back inside as well. He said, sorry, I won't do that again. Speaking of solving, um, back to the background of this wonderful movie. Around 1970, when there were still no new breaks in the case, you know, the Vallejo murders had been some months beforehand, um, our friend Tom Hansen, pizza owner, franchise owner, businessman, decided to make a film. Um, he wanted to make the most insulting version of Zodiac he could, anyone could imagine that you said before would trap him maybe, Kerry, to coming to the premiere. He's since described the movie as tabloid horror. Um, looking at the history of this, everyone knows the Boston Strangler murder was made into a movie in the 60s with uh, Henry Fonda. Um, but before that, there was also another movie called The Strangler, which was sort of based on the earlier killings of the Boston Strangler, which capitalised on the ongoing interest in the real-life serial killer of the same name. And that was sort of a trolling movie as well because it they didn't know much. They didn't know any details of the killer back then. They hadn't even found a, a compelling suspect. But they had, in this movie, The Strangler, they had him like a mummy's boy uh, lived with his mum who collects dolls. You're rolling your eyes, Kerry. Yeah, rolling, collecting dolls. Let's see, that's a sign of intelligence. They're very, very highly <laughs> intelligent, these people. 
Anyway, Todd, Han- uh, Todd, Tom, sorry, Tom Hansen came up with a script that basically follows a month in the life of the imagined Zodiac killer. Early in the film, he's the butt of jokes, but is basically a normal guy. Hansen put together a $13,000 budget, which is $800,000 in today's money. That's something like 1% of the Dirty Harry budget. He befriended... He befriend, befriended? He befriended Paul Avery, the famous San Francisco Chronicle cartoonist, who gave him some inside tips and some things not known to the general public, and they met in some alleyways outside some of Tom's restaurants to discuss the script. Kerry, is this a movie that wants to be taken seriously? Is it really like trying to troll? Was the intention, do you think, really to get the Zodiac Killer to be engaged? Like, oh, how are they going to portray me? I should go see this movie, see how they portray me. With all the hairs actually in the film, in part of the scenery and stuff, I just think they ran out of money. Oh, you mean the the hairs in the... (laughs) The gate of the film, like down the bottom. Yeah. That would be correct. Pubic hair, probably. I think everybody wants to be taken seriously when directing a movie, Jonathan. So I think Tom Hansen wouldn't be an exception. Everybody wants to be taken seriously, especially when they are trying to make money out of a film. Do you think the real Zodiac would, if he knew about this movie, would be angered? Like, I deserve an A-list picture. I know I need a picture with, with Henry Fonda or... I don't know, he fell asleep. <laughs> this is a very dated curio, Kerry. Some of the dialogue. Here's an example of Bell. I don't know if you've seen the movie of Bell, but you're about to see it. He goes, pardon the... Listen, bitch, I'll give the kids some presents for Christmas, but don't bug me. And everyone wears wigs now. They're very in. <laughs> and a whole host of homophobic slurs. Did you like the movie, Kerry? It was riveting. Do you like it enough to watch it again? No. Mm. Um, listeners will notice, I, I noted some tenuous Dirty Harry and Zodiac connections. You ready for these, Abel? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Most definitely. Number one, the killer calls the police and one time he says, to shut up and listen. Like Andy Robinson does at the marina with the phone relay scene. Mm-hmm. Two... There's at least one Volkswagen. True, in this movie, it's a big van that the teenagers are in rather than a small beetle. And three, the main actor is not totally unlike Andy Robinson. His big lips. Four, both the killers wear a balaclava. Five, there's an attractive woman at a pool. Started Dirty Harry, the woman on the roof, and... Here there's some swinger that seduces the killer to come in. You remember that scene, Kerry? Yeah. Oh, me too. Hashtag. And six, there's a child's playground where, you know, Harry is is tailing Scorpio after he's been released. And both movies have one big fucking giant cross. Yeah. What about those San Francisco low-life places? Yeah. They appear in both movies, don't they? I guess so. Is there a strip club in this movie? There's a, this is a shitty dive bar. Yeah. It's all about sort of women being <clears throat> catty and bitchy as well. Yeah, well, there's no women like that in um, Dirty Harry, is there? Women are very poorly portrayed in this movie, aren't they? 
No, oh, there's a little bit of sexism in Dirty Harry. They're wearing bikinis and things, and they're blonde, and they're a bit silly, and it's they're a bit helpless. And they're either wives or dead, or... Yeah. The strippers, yeah. I just made this movie, there's a lot of angry, misogynist uh, men in the comments. But then again, um, I don't know whether I'm supposed to say this later, but um, <clears throat> the scenes are so unbelievable. It's almost like they asked to be murdered, and everything's so fake. Like, well, terrible, this? but <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting point, Kerry. But no one deserves to be murdered, don't you think so? They don't, but then again, they trip over their own high heels and stuff, and they can't scream properly, and they can't seem to run away. They're just too busy falling over. So <sighs> the only good murders are the pro- Boxing Day prices at Kmart and Amaya, where prices are slashed, and uh, Abel. So you don't have Meyer, Meyer in our route, so I don't know what you what, what do you do Boxing Day shopping? That's a bit of an issue when you live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I guess slashing up is not something that you can do in Meyer, but um, maybe you have to do it outside Meyer if you live in our route. Sorry, just to be politically correct, I don't think anybody deserves to be murdered, but when you're watching a film, you do feel like that when everything's so fake. It's, it's kind of like you're so silly, you've tripped over your own hair. So you promised me when you came on this podcast, Kerry, you'd be ozzing ozzing it up and saying Fulham, not film, Fulham. Fulham, which <laughs> sounds New Zealand, it doesn't sound Australian. We have a few international viewers, and I always so disappointed that I don't have a stereotypically Australian accent. But Kerry, you're from New South Wales, you can bung that on, can't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> you got a bad accent, like bogany. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what this movie's missing, uh, Abel? What? Cops. There's no the cops here. In, there's no cops in this movie. There's no 44 Magnums. There's no grizzled detective. That's disappointing. It should be cops trying to chase a murderer. That's what normally happens. At least in reality, it's meant to happen that way. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's meant to happen that way. The director said, As a restaurateur... I'd been held up in many robberies and was very good at recognizing faces. In April 1971, Hansen and co. booked a week-long engagement for the film's premiere at the RKO Theatre off Market Street, once again in an attempt to bring the killer to the premiere. It was released April, of course, many people remember, is the month that Dirty Harry started filming in San Francisco. So I wonder about if Clint or the director of Dirty Harry, Don Siegel, dropped by to see the competition, do you think? Yeah, look, um, I suppose back in the 70s, people would spine each other and try to get ideas from each other. So, yeah, that could most likely have happened. You remember when A Bug's Life came out and then Ants came out or Dante's Peak came out and Volcano, whatever it's called? Coincidentally, everything at the same time. There is not thing such as a such as a coincidence, Jonathan. Everything has a reason. I don't know why people needed inspiration in the nineteen seventies because or sixties because there was LSD. <laughs> so I don't know why they needed inspiration at all. I mean, Abel, nineteen seventy four, Carnation Revolution, Portugal. A few months later, Franco dies. Mm-hmm, coincidence? I don't know. Just dictators that should die. That's. <laughs> That's my At point. At the same time, 
Ah, look, at least they passed away and they left um, those countries above by themselves instead of having their iron fist ruling them. So I'm happy about that. See, they were so intelligent. They just um, held people ransom and um, used violence and stuff. Really intelligent. The ruse was, the bell, do you know what the ruse was? There was a lottery entry uh, if you put your ticket or something and uh, you get a free motorcycle. By dropping your card, you'd sign the card and drop it through the slot and someone would be in the box evaluating the handwriting, seeing if it would match um, the handwriting of the Zodiac that was published in the papers. But apparently someone dropped in a card that said, I'm the Zodiac, I was here. But nobody was in the box at the time. Yeah, and then someone appeared at the urinal and said to the director, you know, real blood doesn't come out like that after he'd finished watching the film. Hmm. So, it was literally someone in the box was evaluating the writing. Did it match the Zodiac's killer's writing in the paper? And I think he had a walkie-talkie and someone was watching from another room or something, cloak and dagger like that. Would have been easier if CCTV had been invented at that stage because then you wouldn't need that person in the box. That's right. Technology didn't come to the rescue of that poor man not standing in the box. Well, that's pretty much all I've got to say. I didn't really find out. I'm assuming the movie didn't do too well. Um, But, yeah. You guys all ready to watch it? Absolutely, I'll watch it again. Certainly ready to watch it, Jonathan. Well, um, we'll talk a little bit after, but we'll catch you next time on Dirty Harry Minute. Zodiac Killer Minute. Minute. Hey, hey, it's 1971. Three Eastwood movies for everyone. Okay, viewers at home, get ready to press play. All right, we're going. All ready to review a, a movie, an audio commentary for Nabel? Yep. What do we see? I'm seeing some sort of 60s Something psychedelic <laughs> psychedelic intro. Oh, now there's some text. From Paul Avery telling everyone, this is real. And my life was threatened, so listen to me. Public service announcement. Do you like the mood? Do you like that? So already trying to set people in the mood of what they are about to watch. And I love, I like those severing lights in the utter darkness. And that car coming up and honking. Do you reckon Dirty Harry's in that car? Could be. Don Siegel... What have you been doing? Someone's getting out of the car. Looks like a nude man. Someone's reading a book. It can't happen here. Oh. No one would have seen that or heard that. Now we have a picket fence, an idyllic part of American suburbia. What looks like a schoolgirl. Is that who it is, Kerry? I'd say so. Billy Carter's, we call them. Is that a shift she's wearing? Some guy in a Groucho yeah. mark. Oh, stabby, stabby, stabby. It's a very scary disguise. 
I think that um, they could have perfected this scene a little bit, Jonathan. It seems a bit clunky the way she's bringing her to the ground, but still, that's the Zodiac killer for you. And then he just walks like nothing happened. Because no one would have seen him in the day like that. Wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you be scared by a guy in the wearing a Groucho mask, fake, fake oh, glasses? Oh, I'd be terrified. Yeah. I love this music, like the cheap, the wah-wah guitar. Sort of reminds me of my favourite horror movie, Horror Express. Would you describe the music as foreboding? Foreboding? I'd describe it as jaunty. (laughs) Oh, that's a lovely shot of the blood filling the cracks in the pavement. Some sort of religious message, because it's a cross. I think that's actually quite nifty, don't you? Yeah. Oh, now we're on a, a... a car yard, a truck yard. Still no Inspector Callahan. They're all angry because they're on KPIs and targets. A bit frustrated. <laughs> West Coast Terminal Company. Tom Hansen, there he is, the director's name. Now we got a balding man coming out of the truck, the driver, presumably. What problems does he have, Abel? I don't know. Probably not making enough, though. Maybe losing hair a little bit. He's Bad just... jacket. <laughs> <laughs> He's just given the watchman some something to read in the toilet, so presumably it's porn, right? Or dirty yeah. magazine. Probably an easy thing to come across in San Francisco in those days. Yeah, well, that's it. Too easy, like... He's come across, presumably, from some other part of the country. Why does he need to bring... It's already the liberated city. He doesn't need to bring that sort of material to the... Just trying to be friendly with the other warehouse person. It doesn't make sense. I mean, he probably knows someone who's making it, so (laughs) it doesn't make a lot of sense. And he's angry at his wife. Here we are. Where are we, Kerry? We've got a mailman, I think. Yeah, really sexy satchel and... Beautiful uniform. He sort of looks like a parking attendant at the same time. Same daunting, foreboding music. He's telling us something is about to happen or that we should pay attention to this guy somehow. Aren't those pants too tight for a mailman, Kerry? Wouldn't you have to walk? I don't think you'd be comfortable walking in them. Yeah, I think it's not very appropriate. You can see all the lumps and bumps and things. I think you should have, like, suit pants on. Now, the postman was a good friend of the director. Uh, Hal Reed was his name. Bills, 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 bills. Does your mailman deliberately give you your mail like that, Abel? We don't get any mail these days. Everything is on the internet. But back in those days, all you could get is bills and maybe some letter from a lover. <laughs> all our disappointments are now online, so... We don't get them hard copy. Here comes a woman. Ignorant mailman. Is that really biting insult? 971, maybe, Kerry? You ignorant. I think I could say worse than that, but um, that's all right. I, I think she's never, ever going to get hate mail for playing the character so well. I just know that much. 
Our mailman sounds a bit like Jimmy Stewart. And uh, the mail the mail goes in the tray. What's she wearing? Is that a, a bathrobe? Or, oh. Anger. Again, Jonathan, I have to point out the rather clunky technique that Mr. Hansen is using for filming this scene and just kind of um, one shot, the other one opposite. There's no smooth transition between yeah. shots. It's just a bit clunky filming. But It's only 13,000 bucks. Then again, 1970s, that's what it is. Why is the ex-wife in the house? Yeah, probably wants to... Make up with the disgruntled husband. That's a good couple name, isn't it? Helen and Grover. Of <laughs> Sesame Street. I think she's giving him an ultimatum. She said the check or jail. Because oh. he's giving her alimony, well, for child support. He's too focused on the porn and not focused on the marriage, <laughs> Jonathan. I'm very worried about these characters because I'm a balding man and he's giving us a bad reputation. How long was the wife staring at the door for? <laughs> Waiting for her husband. Far too long. Now we have a neighbour with a funny hat. A mailman's come home, it looks like, getting out of his pea green car. <laughs> then again, he's struggling to walk in his tight pants. Exactly. Kerry didn't think it was a problem. He looks like more like a gas station attendant, doesn't he? Can't pump your gash. Now, this guy's name is Noodles Weaver. This old man. Interesting name, Noodles. Does he eat a lot of noodles? No, Doodles, I think. A doodles. Oh, that's got to be a real name. His that's first his movie name. was way back in 1936. And I think his last was by this director a year later called A Ton of Grass Goes to Pot. He was in Monkeys episodes, Batman... Clearly an outstanding and fulfilling career. <laughs> he knows. What a mis- misogynist comments so far, Kerry. Actually, yeah, I think some some people might be like that. It's not my cup of tea to dig my claws in and stuff. I don't have any claws because I'm a massage therapist and you have to make sure your nails are short. He's just asking for leftovers now. I like them plump and juicy and dumb. You can't really That's say... That's your bell, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. can't really say when they get beyond 20 that they're more annoying. He's still laughing at the joke as he goes downstairs. <laughs> what a delightful neighbour I lit. This old Krogan living next to me. How bad do men get? I reckon by about 15. They're pretty pretty unbearable, <laughs> maybe. <clears throat> He's got some rabbits. Yeah, rabbits are good. They're a good substitute for women. Just stare at them and pat them a bit and stuff. And they don't say much. <laughs> Leo's dead. Do you reckon that's a real rabbit? Not sure. I think it's more like a puppet. It looks like a real rabbit. He's just said, why do evil people get to live and you die? Do you th- 
Mm, that's a bit of a sociopathic comment. He might be the killer. Mm. Yeah, I have that feeling. I don't know why. We know the movie is called The Zodiac Killer, and this rabbit is called Leo. Hmm, that's an interesting hint. That's my zodiac sign, actually. Really? It is. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. A big cross. Kerry, have you seen? Yeah, have you actually seen Dirty Harry? Yeah, I have a few times. You know, there's a big cross that forms the main part of this, the middle of the movie. Big giant cross where Dirty Harry's taken to. Oh, of course. Is it a war memorial or something? Uh, it wasn't that. In real life, it was. To the Armenian genocide victims. Ooh, bald man preparing in front of a mirror. Putting on his toupee. Smoking. Putting on a toupee. That's a oh, much- there's a shot of that. Um, Trent was talking in some of the early episodes about the 80s about white men having Buddha statues. And there's a wooden Buddha statue, I think, in front of the mirror. Because that Seedal brand hairspray. Doesn't matter what he does, he still looks ugly. Oh. Well, we have a woman here. I don't, is, she, is he ugly? Um, he looks like he should be a fat man, but he's not. I really haven't seen how big his wallet is, so I can't tell whether he's ugly or not. Oh, nudie pick. Can't see how much money he's got, so I don't know whether he's ugly or not. Why is he packing a gun? Maybe he intends to use it. It's alleging that he's actually the serial killer. So another dead giveaway in this movie. It's really clever. Or maybe it's trying to mislead you. Oh, we got a Volkswagen. I like those classic bands. I think our hippie spot and travel. Is that nice hair carry that the young woman's wearing? It's, yeah, it's dashing. Scooby Dooby Doo! It's the mystery van from Scooby Doo. Is a Volkswagen romantic enough for a date, Kerry? If a bell picked you up on your first date in a Volkswagen, would you get It would certainly be handy for what comes after romance. <laughs> if the man does all the right things. That buck. Space with a big mattress would come in very handy, Jonathan. Oh, we've come to the pub. What's going on there? It's called a Nets, he just said. Oh, he said earlier, I think. Women drinking, having fun, few mustaches. Toupee man surrounded by women. There's our mailman giving some money to... Then again, I think Don Siegel was watching this movie because I can see a lot of similarities with some of the Dirty Harry scenes where he's (laughs) traveling along the San Francisco streets. It certainly reminds me of that, Jonathan. So I think Don was watching this very carefully. Could be. He was at the premiere. Give me a drink. Give me a beer. He's really happy to see his friend there, isn't he? Uh, the other one doesn't seem so happy, to be honest. No. 
our toupee man seems very happy, but the other one is like, okay, I'll chat for a little while, but maybe I just move on to something else. Oh, cop, cop has entered. He's going to the cigarette machine. Everyone's staring daggers at him. It's like a horror... It's like the Wicker Man where Edward Woodward walks in and everyone in the Scottish bar just stops. Oh. His pants are very tight. Must be a theme. Merry Christmas from your old copper. They annoyed at him because he's not doing enough about the killer or they don't really know yet. Basically doing nothing. Oof. Oh, that's, yeah. It's a good thing to say. It's very, um... Homophobic word. He's really pushing him to join the table of his women. Who is cooler, do you think? Who is cooler, toupee man or Jerry? Mailman. Um... Oh, he's got a um, Asian lady. A lady with a beehive, semi-beehive hairdo. Hi. What the fuck? I'm not going to rape you, at least not here. Jesus Christ. That's that pretty, is- pretty explicit comment. See, it's a bit hard. You, you have the choice of dating the Neanderthal or going out with a sociopath who seems very charming. It's a little bit of a difficult situation there. <laughs> Do you reckon they're drinking What was that In the Zodiac He's always talking Aqua Velvets Yes They're all drinking Aqua Velvets We're back on the Teenage couple now Who apparently Have come from some gig Looks like they've just Come down from some apartment I suppose he's a bit chivalrous He's opened the door Judd He's wearing a tweed Like Dirty Harry Gosh, she's really interesting. Again, she's again. really romantic. I don't get it. Is Judd a redneck name or not? Just thinking, you know, Judd Apatow, the director. Seems like such an American name. I like this scene. It's like little snippets of relationships and people talking in the pub and gives you a funny insight onto... How men are trying to latch onto women in that place. I like how this man with chest hair. Let's see that these days. There's an old. There's a couple like in the sixties there as well. What an interesting yeah. place. Interesting combination. Oh 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 oh! Is a man abusing a woman physically? Oh, bald-headed bastard. Oh, this is gonna unfold pretty quickly now. Well, she shouldn't have pulled his wig off, I guess. But probably not to be violent. I'll just accidentally pour a drink on her. What a weird place. You've got people of all ages. You've got all these travel things in the background. Look, Greece, Iraq, Syria. Certainly a sketchy place. Just accidentally pour a drink down her top. That's You just trip over and pretend. That's what you do because, you know, I've had experience with women as in... um, Getting a bit competitive sometimes. Just accidentally fall over and drop something on them and stuff. Did you like that? She said you're smooth for bald. I didn't know you were smooth. I thought it was a bit greasy sometimes and a bit... Um, That's a good euphemism for bald, don't you think? 
Oh, well. Yeah. I've heard that before. Smooth. Uh-oh, killer, killer, teenagers. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's very convincing. Very frightened there. Oh, yeah, she fell over really well. For a second time, even. This was based on, the, I think, the first movie, The uh, Murders of the Real Zodiac, the Balejo. You gotta feel sorry for that young lady. She was pretty endearing. And she didn't pull anyone's wig off, and she wasn't annoying, so I don't think that's right. Abel, when I was in Granada, España recently, or the start of this year, I bought a red coat like that from Sarah or something that this killer wears so I don't like that uh, maybe there is some sort of a strange connection between 70s and Spain as well it looks like um, something from Walmart really doesn't really look like anything from Sarah if it was like that looks like a Walmart job well detectives are coming into the scene maybe they are about to do something about this Zodiac killer now are they as well dressed as Dirty like Harry? With the combi and all, I'd imagine them like speeding <laughs> past most of the traffic and you know stopping everybody, holding them up, saying "Warning, this is a police." Yeah, combi always does that. For a moment, I thought there was going to be a mobile phone as <laughs> I was hearing the phone ringing. We have two pay men, otherwise known as Grover, on a bed, hung over. I would think phone's ringing. Uh, Another nice word to talk to a woman. But now you can't slam your phone down without ruining it. Was the old ones you could smack it down on the receiver and get your fingers caught in did the you rings see, as you're dialing. Did you see what's on the nightstand? No. Petroleum jelly. Or Vaseline. Is that to keep his wig on? <laughs> well, doesn't it have the reputation for being used for um, dirty deeds? A man does with his nether regions. It could be another hint on to what this shady character is up to. Why do Americans say petroleum jelly, but they say gasoline? Why don't they say petrol? Like us proper English speakers well, do. Well, they say aluminum, don't they? Mm. But if you say petroleum jelly, you've got access to a petroleum. Why don't you why say gasoline? Oh, no, both our going? heroes are hungover or drunk. Yeah, he had some night. That scene was too rushed for me. You barely could understand anything there. Some of the scenes are pretty, pretty quick. I don't know why anyone would wear a wig to bed, Kerry. Not sure on that one. Maybe to still feel like you're in that mood sort of thing, if you get my drift. Probably not, but... Probably to regain his confidence. Who are these guys? I don't get it. Okay, seven months have passed since Christmas. This is a journalist... Hang on, at Christmas they were talking about a lineup. Now we're seeing an actual another lineup. Lineups are kind of a funny thing, right? 
they already know who's gonna be the main suspect and they just bring random people just to pinpoint on him so really it's a waste of time you do they really to- exist outside of Hollywood and American justice system I don't know not really probably Pimping broads downtown. It could have been him. Was there a vodka in the Coca-Cola? Because I'm not saying a lot. In fact, I feel really, really uh, t- sort of tired and laid back. I think it's the movie. Yes. <laughs> Liquor Deli. Liquor Deli. Anyway... I think after seven months, these detectives are pretty hopeless. They haven't got anyone, and the Zodiac Killers is still on the loose, Jonathan. Harry would have had it solved. Within probably one of the Zodiac months. (laughs) They all have alibis. How do you have an alibi? Oh, I was casing another place to rob. (laughs) Okay, what happens at the lineup stays... In the lineup, does it carry? It's all, all the lineups privileged. Why did you murder a person A? I didn't murder person A. I murdered person B. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. Now we're in a diner. Classic American diner. Yeah, very exotic. Very exotic. Oh, they have coffee. Coffee. Ham and cheese. I want to go to bumfuck nowhere America and go to a diner and have a woman called Darlene bring me some pancakes, Abel. That like would a be a very gift. authentic experience and I'll take the pancakes, Jonathan. That's probably <laughs> the best part for me. And I'll take some pancakes as well, Abel, because I get hungry too. Fair enough. What's happening now, Kerza? Not much. Our two heroes again? Yep. They're sitting away from each other. Have they had some, had some argument, you reckon? The two antitheses. Can you say antitheses of each other? Yeah. Rabbit stew. Can't eat rabbits. I own rabbits. Sopa de suma de conejos. Abel. What a big-ass salad. Yeah, servings were more decent than these days. Yeah, these days it'd be like $50 or something for a salad like that. It was a lot cheaper back then. Do you think we're supposed to think Jerry's like a lightweight, a vegetarian for a man in the 70s was a bit like suspect? I'd say so. He's a perfectionist. He has to have salad. He can't clog his guts with cow or you know <laughs> rabbit or anything like that. I wonder if that was part of the the trolling they said this movie was. If the well, we don't know who the killer is, either is you know a man, a bit of an asshole really, Grover, or a, a weird male man like Jerry, eating his rabbits, sitting eating his salad. Truck drivers getting no love. Do 
you really think a man would care that she said that if he was that sexist? His character is kind of contradicting itself, which doesn't work sometimes. Just seems a bit weird. Hmm. So many things in Spanish. Alamar. Alamar, Abel? Yeah. Cafe Alamar, what does that mean? On the sea? Ah, Alamar, okay. I think Abel's falling asleep. We're getting a little bit weary and sleepy. Wonder why that is. Because the lights have dimmed in this cafe and uh, you're sensing a bit of romance between the short, yeah. order cook, short order cook and this waitress. Foxy redhead and the young, young man. One of the victims, the first victim, right, was a, a waitress, but she was a lot younger than this, this woman. Of course I love her. Ah, uh, he's got someone up the duff. Someone priggers. Apparently this woman is now something of an... A bit part actress as an old woman. She's in Wedding Crashes, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, now she's dead. Now she's dead. Another interesting killing. And... I don't know. When you watch other movies, you could say that the way they die in this movie is not very perfect. Jonathan, sounds a little bit unnatural to me. There's nothing on... In these old movies, Dirty Harry, we're talking, there's nothing on these desks. Because it's 1971, there's no computers. It's got a lot of paper. That You know, a man's not going to deal with this paper. It'll be given to a woman in the ante room to file away or, or type up. A lot more desk space in the 70s, Isabel. Yeah, this is a far cry from the modern technology these days, but um, I just see these detectives shuffling papers and getting nowhere. No wonder they couldn't solve, they couldn't cross-reference anything. Detective work was much harder back then. Yeah, yeah, it was. I love your yes ending, Keza. <laughs> Oh. Is it official that everybody's starting to fall asleep? No. At this point in time? Do you need a coffee? No, I didn't need coffee. I'd love to give you a coffee. I think it's all the decor and the, the browns and this bald man you if have you to look at. If you want to give me a coffee, you can give me a coffee. Do you want one? A coffee. Coffee? Coffee. Do you guys want one? Serious? A bell doesn't have coffee. Mm. You only give me coffee if you're making coffee. If you're not, yep. don't worry about the coffee. Yep. No, you don't have to do it now, though. I will, because you can't say right? White lightning for drinking alcohol? So easy to blame things. Oh, it's the alcohol. I can't remember anything. Have you ever got really blackout drunk, Abel? Yeah, yeah. A few times, but um, not lately. <laughs> White lightning. Have you heard that expression, Gary? I certainly have. I don't know. I thought it was an American thing. I never I heard of it. lightning was always white, but... Right. <laughs> I don't know where I was. 
I don't know how, why I bought this blue skivvy. It's horrible. He gets too upset about dumb stuff. Like, it's not very real. Yeah. I like that close-up of his mouth. Very professional. <laughs> is it like just the voice of authority? Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, possibly it's one of those um, filmic resources. Got a permit. Back in those days, permits probably didn't even have photos. Or just a piece of paper like driving licenses in this country. It just used to be an A4 piece of paper without any photo ID. That's right. I love your yes ending. It's terrific. <laughs> Head shrinker. Such a 70s word. Is I thought it, it was mindfucker. Mindfucker, mindhunter. Is there anything wrong with pretending to be what you're not a bell to seduce women? Um, certainly not my style, but maybe it's his style, who knows? He knows how to answer. That's just sensible advice. The coppers are right, I think. Don't be such an asshole. You might not be a murderer, but doesn't mean you're not an asshole. The cops are doing more than I expected in this movie, Jonathan. Really? At least they are trying to investigate it. The scary thing is that they they don't have two pays. The hair's actually <laughs> like that. That's really bad. <laughs> Bet you couldn't use a forty-four Magnum, Mister Man. Now we're at the newspaper factory. What are they called? Uh, one of those that Printing don't press. exist anymore these days. That's right. Look at that tie. My dad used to wear ties like that. Yeah? Yeah, stripes. Really, really riveting. Look like the look like Paul, one of the Beatles in the Yellow Submarine movie. I can't get a sense. Are they nerds or not? Are those journalists or typesetters? The guy with the goatee, the Van Dyke mustache? Yeah, they look like golfers as well or something. <laughs> they look a bit nerdy, if you ask me. Here's the mail for you. Because there's no woman around to give it to you. So I have to do it, reluctantly. Back to the Beatles movie I go. It's below me to deliver you the mail. It's a job for women. That journalist looks like a thin, taller version of the ball guy, doesn't he? Who would you rather go out with a bell? That's right. It's not an answer. Got a cloth. Got some... Butcher's paper with red writing on it. It's flabbergasted. It's flamuxing the man. Picking up a cool old phone. And dialing to some... What a scoop, what a scoop. Number. Sergeant. Doesn't really seem like an American rank, does it, Abel? You think sergeant, you just think the army or... I do. Constable would be more appropriate. Well, even that doesn't sound very American, does it? You know, some words just sound so American, like penitentiary or... At the film studio, the commissary or the concession stand. Sergeant just sounds too... 
What about Warden in the jail? That's very American. Oh, yeah. The jail warden. This journalist is feeding the cop the contents of the letter. Another proof of the police journalist collaboration. Two sides of the same coin. That's right. Smith and Wesson. One of the very famous American guns. That's not real because the journalists just wouldn't read it. They would add things to the note to make it more interesting. What a long piece of film, just reading out the contents. I suppose it's just got to get out the exposition. You could have done a couple of lines and ended it there, I think. Of cocaine. Oh, sorry, no, just lines of words. Well, he, yeah, he could have been doing that as well. Because as he's they usually do these days. Boring. Although I think this is basically what one of the letters contained, the real-life Zodiac Killer. This scene could be much shorter and could be more concise. We don't need to listen to this whole elongated, protracted speech. Maybe we could if it was like... Interesting. More interesting. Or more like a Chris Hemsworth reading it out. Someone he could just drool over. Would a cop Would a cop really do that, divulge and go, yes, that's right, those details are correct to a journalist? Not to the media. <laughs> Maybe in the 70s it was more common, Madness. but not these days, certainly. He said madness. Hey. Mind your language. He could grow up to be like your friend, the mailman. You might need him in the future. Grover. You've been in my house, bitch. I'm in your house now. Oh, Jesus. She's a god woman. What's he up to? That's the second time she's mentioned that. Whether I'm on dope is none of your business. He's not a... He wouldn't do drugs, would he? Abel? Ah, uh, he might. You never know. I know he's a truck driver, so he's always got amphetamines. Probably. Definitely. But a doper. Just because you cannot have drugs while driving doesn't mean they don't do it. Help, help. Because her, her father's on dope. It's the only way that she's going to be influenced to take it. She wouldn't do it otherwise. They don't do it at school or anywhere else. He's in the garage or the granny flat. Mum's calling for the daughter. Where are you, Julie? Nice pink skivvy. That's what I think. I do. He was wearing a blue one before, remember, at the cop shop? when He's got a saw in his hand. What is he threatening to do? Do Abel, is he going to cut his wife? Hopefully not, because that could be too obvious. There's things in the background, Abel. Correct, some bullfighting. (laughs) Interesting. Inspector Plods are here. Screeching tires. Stop using the B word, Kerry. The movie's full of the B word. Yeah... Just doesn't seem very realistic. 
You don't need to say bitch. I just think that woman or something is better. They didn't have the word biatch back then. It made all the difference. Made the word the word a bit more cuddly, huh? Hmm. Julie? Is this a real hostage situation, Jonathan? Is this believable for you? I don't What does he want to do with his kid? He doesn't seem like the kind that would go to the zoo or go to the... He just wants to claim her back to prove a point, I think. What? She just doesn't seem too happy to go. Taking your daughter as a hostage? But the mother and the pink skivvy, I mean, I think I'd rather go with the dad. <laughs> I'm the Zodiac. His wife's divorced and after him for alimony. How can she afford a pool? And that's very mm. believable when he falls in the pool. It's sad. It's tragic. Very good response time from the emergency services, isn't A it? corpse floating on the pool. What does that remind you of? The end of Dirty Harry. That's exactly right. And that's Chico. That guy looks Mexican, you reckon? Yeah. The cop staring down. Looks like him. Are you saying that this is sort of modelled on Dirty Harry? Oh, well, Dirty Harry was after that. Dirty Harry was modelled on this. That's exactly what we've been saying for the last half an hour, Gary. Oh, I missed that. Remember, the premiere of this was April 71 when Dirty Harry started shooting. Mmm. Don Siegel, what you've been doing? Oh, Lipstick Man. I'm not happy. Very, very ill-mannered killer. He should be more polite on the phone. Is he? So shut up. This was modelled on the Zodiac, who apparently was... If you can believe that some letters were sent by the Zodiac, he was sort of angry that they were reporting on Charles Manson killings. And it's like, give me coverage, and he apparently got a bit jealous. As they all do. All these egocentric serial killers... We have a superstitious dissolve of a room with lots of candles, swords, red painted background, zodiac painted in red. Sort of like an angry goth, really. It's yeah. about as scary as it gets. Is that, is that supposed to be satanic, satanist? I want headlines, Abel. So it's all about being famous, being a killer. Why don't you oh. seek other ways to become famous? About what have we just learned? Hmm. Yeah, this is really believable. Mailman divulged we are 40 minutes in or so and it's finally... Jerry, the mailman, is the Zodiac Killer. He cross-dresses as Dracula. <laughs> We've probably learned it too early in the movie, Jonathan. The other so. 40 minutes are going to be pretty boring. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully there are some more surprises in store for us. Let's hope so, Bill. Yeah. This is what appeared in the original Zodiac letters. I think the first one. I'll kill people. And the people I kill will be my slaves in paradise. Don't understand why in paradise you'd need slaves to do work for you. Isn't everything already done, Kerry? I believe so. It all comes apart. I thought these killers you said were intelligent people. Yeah, yeah, highly, highly intelligent. 
What about those diabolical voices, Jonathan? <laughs> well, in Dirty Harry, you know, you hear the wailing on the soundtrack. Oh, this is a bit more kills. ridiculous than that, but anyway. He's offering a gun and a knife to... Is this some sort of devil-worshipping cult? Yes. But then he's also talking about Atlantis. So... Does he believe in the Greek gods? Or the Greek god of Hades? I don't know. Does he believe that there's a world underwater? Is that what he's saying? (laughs) Does he believe he could flee to that underwater world and not be caught? Okay, so he kills people. They become his slaves in the underworld. But then he's just said... You will be freed from me and won't have to do any tasks in hell with in paradise with me. The whole thing, Jonathan, if I may say, sounds very sadistic. But not believable at the same time. You're unbelievable, dude. We're on a beach now. There's a couple walking. Is she into him, Kerry? Is she waiting to get back into the boudoir? Oh, he's skipping a stone. Looks like a cigarette commercial from the 70s. I think this bit is almost unnecessary. Our, now, I think it should have come before the bit before. Yeah, maybe. We'll get a weenie roast, as they call it, a bell. Because this is where they start to get a vibe that he's not quite right. So you'd want to have that before... He declares that he's a devil worshipper. Yeah. You ever accepted a hot dog from a stranger, Abel? Not really. Not something that I often do, to be honest. What about going on a beach and lighting a fire? Thermos full of meat. Oh, that's, you know... But if there is a Zodiac serial killer hanging around, probably not the best idea. Old Lang Syne. I fucking hate that song, Kerry. Why? Just so cliched. You're trying to fool people and think it's more poetic than it is because you're using the old-fashioned English spelling of old. It looks pretty moved, Abel. I really like this song, to be honest. I don't mind listening to it. He's looking up. He's thinking of the people he's killed, his slaves, old acquaintances now forgot. How delicious a cup of kindness would taste like. They seem pretty relaxed and peaceful singing this song. They don't know what's going to happen to them. Reminds me of the scene in Flying High where uh, the air stewardess is playing the song. Suck it to me, 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 suck it. Yes. And the kid's dying, but they get into the song. <laughs> and they ignore the kid dying. Yes. By the rivers of Babylon. He looks really moved. Zip. 
He's got some more wood. What could that mean? And then he pulls down his pants and says, Here, look at my buns. I think you prefer that, Kerry? Yes. Wonder bread. Interesting, yeah. But they make shitty movies like this in Spain in the 70s, Isabel. Oh, yeah, certainly. You have a movie director called Jess Franco. He used to shoot some very interesting movies. I strongly recommend you check that out and you see whether that was more quirky than this or less quirky. Oh, what's going to happen, Carrie? There's a car with lights. Oh, there's a guy bending down. Oh, he's got wood. Oldest excuse in the book. I'm so very thrilled you like them, Abel. Yeah, interesting thing to say, right? I can't... It's a bit too literate. It's not the sort of thing you say. Not a monosyllabic postman. Yeah. Yeah, this scene should have been done before the last scene. So, Kerry is foreseeing a few editing problems for this movie. I think you're right, Kerry, but he's wearing the red the red jacket, so I guess you'd know then that he was the killer of at least the kids in the Volkswagen. Here we are at a park. Back when you could have parks that had things that could damage a kid, like... Yeah, it was very politically incorrect. You'd get your fingers caught in the swing or yeah. bang your ass on the seat, I guess, or fall off the swing or accidentally um. kill another kid, like... Kick him while you're swinging, I guess. (laughs) Now they're going into how charming the guy is, which should have also been done beforehand. Yeah. And he's a big hero, but yeah. Keep climbing a tree. Kids could do that once upon a time about They could, they could. The boomers tell us, on my day, you didn't have to lock your door. You could climb up trees and... You fell out of him, it didn't matter at all. Hopefully he doesn't smash his head. Well, a mailman's there. Mailmen are very, very well trained in manoeuvring small items from precarious positions. Usually cats, but could be kids as well. I don't like him. Sounded a bit southern. A good-looking man took the day off work and came to a park. No alarm bells ringing in 1971, Kerry? Yeah, no. No, none at all. <laughs> no. No flags. Is he good-looking, Abel? Uh, yeah, look, the pants are still tight, I would say. But he's reasonably looking. Yeah, he's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Do you think um, Ted Bundy might have tried to model himself on this guy? It's a similar thing. 
I don't really know him much of his history. Was yeah, he- he's a serial killer. He killed over 30 women, including a 12-year-old girl. But, um, yeah, charming fellow he was. And he actually got married in jail and had a kid. For real. Well. But mm, everyone we- was saying how good-looking he was, but can you imagine how ugly he would have been with a knife in his hand yeah. in your bed? That would have been a bit creepy. So we see this man donning a balaclava. And then- it's more than a balaclava. It's some shrap. I don't know what you call that. And some zodiac symbol. That music before and seeing all the pine trees and stuff, it reminded me like a B-grade Scooby-Doo episode. We see the killer approaching his next victim. So weird, a man with a big moustache. He looks like John Densman from The Doors. And a blonde on a blanket next to a reservoir. And this should have, scene should have been done before perhaps the last scene. Yeah, or we, just cut it out. You could have done that, yeah, because there's nothing identifying him. Or just cut it out. You know, obviously he's killing people and stuff. Yeah, it's not like the other scene where you had the red jacket that gave away on the beach. Yeah. So he's covering a very long distance from the trees to these people. Mm. So really, they could be running away from him right now. That's right. Has she got an American flag bikini? <laughs> yes, she does indeed, which I didn't notice before. So you see someone like him approaching you with a gun and you still engage in conversation. Not very realistic. No. Go easy, man. The music's not scary enough. It's just this little flute going... In the 1970s, a man who could sew and paint his own logo on a shirt. That's pretty cool. He's into the home arts. The home... Ch- <laughs> Uh-oh, knife out. Oh, stabby. Not very good scene. That's not... Is that a retractable knife? Look, I think there's a real, real death, Sabelle. Really, this scene is really fake, if you ask me. But then again... It's kind of a bit comical, almost. The way he's stabbing that woman is just like butchering some steak. <laughs> At least the blood looks. I mean, yeah, it's not not saying much, but it looks a bit better than the the hot dog more. sauce in Dirty Harry. <laughs> there will be much more blood than that. Yeah, like you could just have an end scene with her face and she's dead, and you knew that he would have knifed them somehow. Like it's just a bit silly. Goes on forever. He's cleaning his knife, putting it away. Why is he wearing a mask if he's killed them? I don't know. Just in case. Just in case they survive about such <laughs> after that such attack. Do you like his moccasins? I didn't think of these things in the movie. Ah, the woman on the beach looked through his bag, so he got to look through another woman's bag in revenge. 
Do, do, do. I mean, the music's... And nobody would have seen him, you know, wearing that jacket at all with a big hood in the middle of the day with a cross and a circle. No one would have seen that. Turns out he's a car thief as well. No flashback. I think he really likes lipstick. Now, this in real life happened that at one of the murder sites, the murderer of that couple wrote, but it's never been, you know, people still speculate, oh, maybe it was just a copycat or he was claiming, he was claiming the 1968 and 69 murders when he didn't actually do it. And it's just a copycat. That's why people love this Zodiac story. Back in 1971, Tom Tom Hansen did, and people still are obsessed with identifying which murders belong to which. And I don't know if it matters after all this time, Abel. Yeah, but um, interesting that he writes that message down and now we can see him walking around with his um, Zodiac symbol in the middle of the street and still... No one knows he's a killer. Mm. Yeah, that's right. He's not rushing or being coy. He's just made the call, driving away. Do I say something here? What do you want to say? Or do I? Oh, wow. Is he wearing a fright wig, do you think, on top of his normal hair? <laughs> that's a really cool black. That's man. a cool afro. African-American man, here's a phone ringing. I wouldn't get involved in Whitey's... <laughs> Nothing good's going to come of this. Don't get involved in Whitey's world, brother. They're just going to bring you down, man. This is a tie into Magnum Force Harry's um, partner, African American. Um, it's the scene where he blows up at a phone. Uh, mailbox, sorry. What do you think is going to happen to that blonde chick? Is she going to be. Oh, yeah, what are we saying? Uh, our mailman. Jerry is back at his apartment block. Where's the dodgy old man we saw before? I like him young and plump and dumb and bikini woman's taking him in for a tryst. Like you think he's sexist, but this guy's probably even worse than that. (laughs) But the women don't (laughs) realise. She tracks him back in. She's going to get in trouble. Why do you think there's a comedy sex moment now? Is the director just trying to fill in time? I think so. Comic relief after all the tragedy. Is it to show that there's nothing nothing sexual in his upset like his murder, you know, is it that part of it? Maybe? Just that women find him so charming. Yeah. That's what happens to serial killers, they're really charming. Although I actually don't think that's always the case. In fact, it's probably quite rare. But yet, we're also painted to think he's the loser, aren't we? I mean, I'm not to disperse mailman, but he's got rabbits in his basement. I don't know. But I suppose the women we've seen over him so far fawn over him, haven't they? The women at the bar. The That's right. The bar. According to them, he's a cool dude. But in reality, he's been watching too much Bugs Bunny or something and... Developed an attachment to rabbits. Oh, he's got a flat tyre. Oh, this scene's a bit dumb too. <whistles> Looks nice in his polo red. Boy, they sure don't make like 
Sniper. He had a rifle like Scorpio. And do you think the Zodiac Killer would come after an old lady like that? Is she old? Doesn't make sense. She definitely looks old. Hang on, turn around. Yeah, she'd be about 50 plus. That's a wig or peroxide? 50 plus and a wig. but 50 back then was older, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. They looked about 70 back then, apparently. He's going to help her out? Yeah, he's going to help her out, sure. Turn around. I haven't seen her yet. She's sort of got a young person's voice. She's quite old. Now she looks old. I don't think she sounds young. I must look at someone young, young playing someone old on purpose. But it wouldn't. Nevis is not as old as we think. It looks a bit confusing, to be honest. She's got dentures, but she sounds okay. She just sounds young, don't you think? And I think the dialogue here is unnecessarily pointed. It's a bit silly. Yeah. And how you women have intuition and oh, yeah. stuff. This can't be good. No. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and this d- wouldn't work. That doesn't. That's not effective. Oh. That's not effective. You sure? And that abrupt yeah. ending, too abrupt for me. Why is cutting out the scene that quickly? Almost like rushed. Now I've got three males, one of them a cab driver, outside somewhere or other, laughing, drinking coffee from a... Remember those polystyrene cups they used to have, Abel? Back in our worst for the environment years. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know when Maccas got rid of them in the late 90s or something, maybe even earlier. Maccas should get rid of their food, but, I mean, it's all right. You can start with plastic. Plastic. Has the acting been up and down for you in this movie, Kerry? A tad. Tad. Is it a bell? Is it all bad or some of it's... No, look, it's just a bit um, lack of consistency in the movie. Some scenes are all right, some are not too good, so it's... A bit up and down like a yo-yo, to be honest. How do you say yo-yo in Spanish? Yo-yo. Not yo. Yo? <laughs> so, cab driver, I guess. Someone's got into his cab. We haven't seen them. You know why they say yo-yo in Spanish? Because yo-yo is an American word, Jonathan. Ah. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Cab's pulled up. Oh, we know who it is, unfortunately. It's our... Mailman Jerry. 240, what is The cab driver's hair doesn't look really, looks a bit like a Ken doll or something or <laughs> not quite right for me. Ken doll. No anatomy. No. F- Uh-oh. Shot at point blank range. Killing a lot lately. More and more and more. He's emboldened. 
Well, he is very intelligent. He's got the ability to like shoot people in the head without any brains going anywhere or anything. It's very neat and clean. So he's got that going for him. You can't shoot me. I'm a Johnny Cap. Chances are that he hasn't left any DNA in the scene. That, of course, was the only murder the Zodiac committed in the actual city of San Francisco. Cabbie called Paul Stein. And it was the closest they ever got to capturing him. But get this. Did you hear this? One of the early dispatchers said, look out for an African-American man in the area. When he was in reality very far from being African-American. So, yeah, this was... Ever to the regret of everyone, two of um, well, now we're in a bar. We're getting very close to the end, I believe. Oh, I can tell you hope so. <laughs> I love that you never see like this scene's ridiculous. You've got to listen to this scene, it's ridiculous. This is a zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver last night. I'm angry. Lies. He's really trying to gain some attention. Why doesn't he just take part in a quiz show and stop killing people to gain the attention of the public? Wouldn't that be wonderful? We'll just do it a bit better or something. I'm not sure. (laughs) Did you see there's a sign at the bar that says, Dirty old men need love too? (laughs) No, I didn't say that. Probably meant for the dirty neighbour he has. Maybe it's just a subliminal message. Look at this. This scene's quite interesting. What's happening, Kerry? Use your words. Everyone's so wise after the fact, aren't they? You wouldn't fall in a minute. The bartender knows. Yeah. I know people. <laughs> just like the director of this movie thought, you know, he said, I've been robbed a lot of times. When the Zodiac comes to the premiere of this movie, I'll, I'll know him. Oh. Oh, the symbol is again Drawn there. the symbol in the salt. Reminding us that the killer is around. Of course, he'd wipe straight over that. Ugh. I'd be able to tell the Zodiac I've got a good radar. And yeah, that's the, that's the public at large. Everyone thinks, oh, I know who it is. I know. If I was in charge of the case, I'd... I'd work out who the Zodiac is. We've got our stupid cops. We haven't seen them in ages. They look like C-grade mares, Abel. He does. Indeed. Not as good as our mayor in Dirty Harry. So then Don Siegel was enhancing this movie. That's what we are saying. It might have copied some aspects, but making it better. <laughs> Why would any cop go to see a psychic? Can you imagine that in any culture, Kerry? Maybe in Sicily, or I'm trying to think, maybe Nigeria or something. I don't know. For some reason, they often feature in movies and they don't believe them anyway, but they're still there. Yeah. Just to say how bad they probably are. Well, Mr. Half Mutton Chops doesn't believe it. He's being dragged there. By Christopher Walken. Yeah. 
What a jumpsuit. What language is that, Abel? I'm not sure. Could be Eastern European. You think it's Polish or something? Something like that, yeah. That's my first guess. Is she Stockholm Syndrome? Is she there under duress of this psychic, Carrie? Possibly. Weird man with German shepherds. Just standing in the room. It's like the omen, isn't it? Ugh. Those dogs aren't acting. Ah, a Germans, a German-speaking man with German shepherds guarding the sex. This is an interesting character. Some quirky guy rocking up in a strange suit. I don't know why he's in the scene. So we've got a Polish woman, maybe. German bodyguard and someone with a Brooklyn American accent. Yeah, riveting. It's absolutely fascinating. Vibrations, Kerry. Do psychics normally go vibrations? Or hunt or gut? No, they don't do gut feelings. Uh, visions, perhaps? Visions, Dreams. Massages. Newspapers? I don't know. Do you get feelings from massages? Like, this person's a Zodiac killer. I can tell from his knots in his neck. No, not really. Hasn't come across that yet and hopefully never comes across that. I have had some weird people, though, and um, you don't need to feel their neck. You just listen to some of the things that they might say <laughs> and you kind of pick up on it. But most people are pretty normal. Most people have been pretty good. This psychic's only other credit is for a movie called Microwave Massacre. Sounds more exciting movie than this. Never heard about it, but could be more exciting. Who knows? What happens in the microwave massacre? I don't know. Someone pops too much popcorn in a microwave and ends up killing people. Maybe they kill people with microwaves because there's a lot of disused microwaves now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe he puts people in microwaves. Saki doesn't know anything. Oh, that's interesting. You will find a rabbit's... Well, I mean, he's got the rabbit bit right, doesn't he? He's frightened of women? Well, he didn't want to see Bikini Woman in her room... Disarming outgoing personality, yep. Yeah, okay. Maybe not outgoing. But he, he disarms you so that he can kill you. But So he's basically helping the police to do their job. Health food store? Vegetarian? Oh, it's still nothing better than 50-50. It's funny that the psychic's actually right. 50-50, he knows half of the stuff. But because they've got such blinkered vision, um, they see him as a lunatic. But he's right. These cops are pathetic, aren't they? They're not Dirty Harry. No. This guy's desperately trying to help them to find the killer. 
Is that jumpsuit woman his girlfriend? Possibly. I've got to get to Hugh Hefner's house. I got a migraine. This character is very enigmatic to me. You think he'd be on someone's list as a someone to keep a watch on? So exotic, a faucet. It's just a tap, man. Could have said tap. That's right. I think that's why everyone in America laughed at Far Farrah Fawcett. What's her name? The actress. Because uh-huh. we laugh at people called uh, Sharon Tap. Why don't Americans say faucet water instead of tap water? Oh, that was strange. That yeah. What did that symbolize? Just a bad cut, maybe. Probably. We had a. Uh. We have an old man with a... Paper bag? Paper bag full of groceries. What looks like a cornflakes box, maybe? Oh, say old, but we'll see, I guess, in a second, maybe. I guess in the 70s in America, they were already environmentally conscious. They didn't use plastic bags, but instead of that, those famous paper bags. Yeah, very famous. I always... It looks like such an... Oh! Go with a wig. Strikes again. We'll get our first... Groucho Marx since the start. Remember the he's what? Oh, he's cutting off the ear. Oh dear, that's pretty gruesome. That looks like a real ear, and yeah, that's done really well. What's with this Groucho Marx thing? Some maracas playing. Another car. He's in a car again, driving out. Yes, yes, this scene. Unnecessary as well. It's a bit dumb. You could have done a montage. You could have just put in a collection of, you know, killings like the old man and, you know, it's a bit slow. That line, any place you want to go, I mean, it's such a pathetic, like, almost pick-up line. Wouldn't that just set the whole journey off a bad mood and you go, okay, I'm not getting in. Wouldn't you just get out of the car and not want to get in? And run away. Anywhere you want to go. Possibly. Oh, we're in the hills somewhere. I wonder what he finally said to make her worried. Because apparently he's charming and unsuspecting, so... And outgoing. As in outgoing of the car to hunt you down. Ooh, that's fast. As in chasing you through the hills and, they and always, killing you. They always bloody fall over. Are these the hills where they film MASH? Oh, he's got a knife. A stick. Oh, 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 geez. That's a bit dumb. Very, very... I just think you might have been seen doing that. In broad daylight. Oh, this is a funny one. Is it the sister of the... The unidentifiably old lady we saw a few minutes ago? Yeah, I think so. Must be. Canon. Confirmed. 
It's going to happen Five, again. Five, four, three, two, one. Jalopy. Couldn't you have stopped quicker? Like, just quickly stopped and yeah. he's out of the car and the scene starts. He's wearing his mechanic's clothes, isn't he? Guys, you have to wait for this moment. It's quite funny. Hold it tight. She's listening. <laughs> he's looking around. <laughs> Sorry. I think he should be employed. Jump up. This is... <laughs> He's jumping, jumping up and down on the hood, or sorry, the bonnet of the car. Intercut, earth hurt, crumpled body. It's almost making a kind of light of serial killers, yeah, I Yeah, sorry, I'm laughing, guys. No, just But the, the music's movie. so funny, it's sort of like... Oh, uh, and that too, okay. Almost jaunty music. Wouldn't he have his fingerprints on the steering wheel? Mm. And you're still going to find the car? But this is the 70s where inspectors were still smoking at the scene and wiping their hands on everything and pissing. That's really dumb. So his fingerprints will be on the steering wheel. But this is almost a parody of serial killers, Jonathan, if you ask me. This is a parody. Quickly over, we look like we're in foggy LA. Oh, and we've got another scene. Oh, far out. You can definitely say, Kerry, this movie has a lot of, quote, scenes, end quote. Yeah. There's a guy in like a what do you call, how would you describe that a bell like a deck chair, evidently hospital or something. He's in a banana banana lounge, lounge. basking in the sun. He knows his really bad decor for the banana lounge. He knows his dad. So they're either at a old person's home or a hospital, I would think. Orderlies. Yep. Hospital, I think. Or a prisoner bell. Could be. What a nice little... Nice little uh, towel. Like honeycomb pattern. Octagon shapes. <laughs> His name's Mr. Quigley. If I could get my arms working again, I'd have a nice big wank. Yeah, that would be the first thing he would be doing. (laughs) Again, another scene that's a bit superficial. Palm trees. Foggy L.A. It's supposed to be San Fran, isn't it? Quiet hallway. He's walking slow and methodically. He's well known at this place. Wondering if that nurse is going to be another victim. <laughs> Dr. Fart? She seems happy to see him. She wheels away her dead body. And that's just... That's a nice big toy giraffe. That looks almost like the corridor of um, The Shining. Ah. Yep, Kubrick saw this film for sure. Here's Johnny. Probably sitting next to Don Siegel. Very quiet. 
I think the directors of all these shows just got together and had a conversation or it's been passed down generation to generation. Someone's in a straitjacket. Should be you, killer. So it's an asylum for the mentally insane. It would seem... You think there'd be more people there or something? Okay, so now it's a prison. (laughs) An asylum, but with like prison... Prison style, um... Prison-like cells. Prison-like cells. Horror movie. He's reading something out. So he's looking at something he's taken from his pocket. He's reading out some information. Couldn't he have just remembered that? Sorting machine. He's a mailman. This scene is not very well lit. We can barely see his face. It's just a weird cut from a normal hallway of what looks like a hospital. You're thinking an asylum. It probably is just a darkened prison part. Come on, Dad. Talk to me. Someone clanging on the prison cell bars. Off screen though, we can't see it. Stop it, Dad. It's clearly upsetting him. It's very upsetting him. Oh, it turns out he's his father. His dad says, why are we in a cardigan? So we know that he's a sociopath? Because it's sort of environmentally oh. induced? The subtitle said urine. Urine dropping. That's very graphic. That's ultra graphic. Nothing left. So he's a sociopath. All of his emotions are causing him to be nasty. Psychopaths don't feel anything, apparently. If there ever was anything, maybe his dad was always... Talk to me! So after his quest to try to gain attention, he finds himself desperately alone. It's modern life, man. Actually, it said before... um. Urine flush, urine trickling, and then it said toilet flushing. So it wasn't just his dad like, just pissing, like, he was just going to the toilet, ignoring his son. That's exactly right. I love that green in the back. See, people always give shit to the 70s because of the yellows and the browns, but some cool, some cool, interesting, exotic greens as well. We've been watching a lot of home reno shows. Is that how you know about these? I am colors? looking for a new house, but um, oh, he's walked away from his dad's cell and just cut the. What do you say? The person who's got plaster cast on just cut them out of his restraints. 
Oh, this is an interesting scene. At least he didn't kill. Yep, he's back to the octagon yep. shape. He goes octagon man. <laughs> I think a honeycomb. You ready? Honeycomb man's going to go for a bit of a drive. Pushing him on his little trolley conveyance thing. And wait for it. I don't think this is going to end very well for Honeycomb Man. Honeycomb Man. He's becoming Rocket Man now. <laughs> Subtitle said intense music. Would you call this intense? San Francisco Hills coming very handy, this is scene. Yes. Well, that's probably LA, this, isn't it? It kind of looks like some sort of Olympic competitor that's kind of involuntarily participating. Oh, Good. Everything. No, uh, no. Wait there. Yellow. Wait, wait. Oh, yellow fire hydrant. Oh, suddenly picked up speed that he didn't have before. No. When you thought he was going to be alright, he's just dead. Wow. I he's dead. You reckon? I think so. This is near the end. We can see that they are in the sale season. Few shops. I think this is in a suburb of LA called Crenshaw. What do you think, Jonathan? A lot of guys like me. Is he going to unionize? Killers going to unionize and get together? No. Killers union. Well, it does say how dumb people are, falling for charm. If it's a bunch of them, it would be easier for them to gain attention from the police. So maybe unionizing is a good solution for them. <laughs> He's got a bit of pride in his step now, doesn't he? <laughs> Do you think you get to a certain number, like nine deaths? Now I'm now I'm cock of the mill. No, I think they keep going until they make themselves caught or something. Yep, it's nearly the end of the film. It's kind of strange. This is seeing a voiceover narrating the whole thing. and Is that his conscience speaking or himself? It's his ego, really, isn't it? He's talking about, now he's talking about how he evades capture from the cops. Basically, by hiding in plain sight. <laughs> and now it's going down the Dirty Harry path, saying cops aren't... He has rights, and the cops have to go by the book with these new Miranda search. Ain't got a case. So he's really a gentleman, helping out his lady. Yeah. He'll kill animals, but he won't kill... He'll kill people, he won't kill animals. He's not a vegetarian. He's a vegetarian. And he won't even take our time. He says, oh, no, I'm boring you. What a gentleman, Abel. Yeah, that's very kind of him. Yeah, yeah. Scary stuff. <laughs> well, that diabolic. <laughs> and you'll see it's freezed before this little big man by Dustin Hoffman on the marquee. And that wasn't the end. That's what the movie told us, so... You'll have to wait another seven months until Dirty Harry comes out. Which is a much better film, Kerry. All right, folks. Well, I'm going to say uh, goodnight to you there. It's nice, you, nice to join you. What are you doing with that knife? 
Gary. No, Gary. No, no, no I'm just oh, trying to oh, see if it works. Oh, oh, just, I'm just, long gone. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if it works or not. Well, many thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you, Abel. Not a problem. Anytime, Jonathan. Is this was this movie a piece of shit or what? No, I think. Look, you have to understand it was filmed in the seventies, and you have to take it for what it's worth. And just another seventies movie. Yeah, did I? Oh, well, many thanks for joining us, Abel. Not a problem. Anytime, Gary. No worries. Don't kill anyone on the way back to the Western District or wherever you are. I won't. We'll catch you next time on. Dirty Harry Minutes Harry Chico, San Francisco Come and catch me, Scorpio